and I hear them call me by by my name. So I run into the kitchen to check, and there's nobody there. And I start to like hear, like my closet door start to open. Oh hell no! Like, oh, my God. Inside. oh hell no! All of a sudden, for no reason, I woke up in the middle of the night. Like my eyes just snapped open, and it's that strange feeling that you have when something wakes you up. You and you don't know what has woken you up until you either see what it was or you hear whatever it was. If you like all things spooky, then check out A Spooky Tales. We, Christina, and MJ talk about all things spooky like haunted places, myths, and legends. With a focus on Latin America. New episodes every Friday. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and in your favorite podcast apps, as well as SpookyTales.com. Day hey, is spooky. spooky. Yo, what's happening? Welcome to Tutea Bruja. I'm so excited. Of course, always excited. Because on this podcast, I get to talk to cool people all of the time. I am so happy that I am building a little bit of a Latin, Latinx, Latino, whatever terminology you use. And also let's be kinder to other people and what they use. I don't feel like we need to discredit people's life experience or terminology. And some people don't like the term Latino or Latina or whatever, but I'm really fortunate to be building more community with my Latines in horror because there's not a whole lot of us. I know that like magic and spirituality and I love talking about this stuff, you know, but I also really love horror movies. And moving forward, I'm really excited for opportunities to make more connections with people in the horror community that are Latine or indigenous, or black, Asian, or whatever. I would really love for more people in the marginalized, horror, paranormal, etc. community to come together. And in this episode, Christina of Espooky Tales. Christina and her co-host MJ, sometimes they do solo episodes. They discuss all of these different places in Latin America that have a terrifying history, or murder, or something of that nature, right? super popular podcast. One thing that we share, obviously, is our love of horror movies. So I was really fortunate to analyze and discuss Bravo's scariest movie moments. And if you don't really remember it, it was released late October 2004 on Bravo. Let's get into it. Let's see what we think about this list. And my guest today is Christina from A Spooky Tales. What's up, girl? Hi, hi. Nice to talk to you again. <laughs> For those who don't know, you'll, you're listening probably to this one second. We recorded yesterday and we we're recording today. So it's a pleasure to get to talk to you both days. Yes. <laughs> You know, for anybody who's not familiar about your podcast, A Spooky Tales, could you tell us a little like how it came to be? Yeah. So before A Spooky Tales, I had already wanted to start a podcast trying to convince my twin to do it with me, but about um, Mexican soap operas. So that one was first. That one um, is kind of how I like learned to podcast. And then I wanted to start one about like paranormal Miss Legends with a focus on Latin America because I was like, there's not enough of this. I had found Susto podcast and Monstras podcast. 
And those are the only two that I knew were existed that only talked about Latin America. And then I finished them all and they were like on hiatus at the time. And then I was like, I am sad that there's nothing else out there. But if I'm looking for something, then there has to be a need for this. And that's when I wanted to start a Spooky Tales. And I tried to convince my twin Carmen to do it with me, but she was very busy. She has a crazy job. <laughs> And so I don't. It's much more chill. And so I have all this time. And then on Twitter, I was like, who wants to do this with me? Now my co-host, MJ, she was like, oh, uh, I'll do it. Um, And we knew each other from high school. And so that's really how a spooky tale started. No matter what, like the energy that you and MJ like bring to the table is just always great. So I wanted to let you know that, giving you your flowers and all that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But I have to be honest. Maybe it's just the ones that I pick, like the topics, because they are about a lot of different stuff. You know, I always just catch you. It's very rare to find one with like MJ. Lately, she has missed a lot for different reasons. So it's always like either me and Carmen or me and like some other guests that I got to fill in for MJ. Like the other day, someone was commenting. They're like, man, every time I listen, MJ's not there. I just think that that's funny that, you know, if we're just picking random episodes or whatever to listen to that, we always (laughs) just catch you. We've been messaging, like, you know, we've been in similar, like, spaces, and we'd always talked about working with each other, whatever, it just kind of didn't come to fruition. But I was so excited because going through, you know, the catalog and stuff, there's different episodes that I wish I would have had someone at the time to, like, come on and talk about it. And one of the things is the episode was called Lane, What Are You Doing Here? And it's about the Bravo 100 Scariest Movie Moments. For those who don't know, this is such a piece of, I mean, I think it's just pop culture, but also just horror fan dreams, you know? Yeah. I was surprised at the people that were in this documentary because like I was telling you before, I thought this was the Shutter one that was newer. And I watched the Shutter one and it's, just, it's still a fun watch, but it's like missing all these iconic figures that this Bravo one has. I was so surprised and I'm like amazed that it exists. Like a beautiful time capsule. I'm so glad you said that because it did come out in 2004. This was before Bravo really started to do reality TV because I have to be honest, I remember being a little kid, like real little, and it was on Bravo and they were playing some like art house film, you know, and from the like 90s to the early 2000s, I feel like there was sort of this time where Bravo really didn't know what to do or what to play. Yeah. It went from being this, you know, probably Criterion Collection, art house, whatever, to like trash TV. <laughs> yeah. I think people were starting to like realize like, oh, people loved talking about nostalgia. Yes. Gilbert Godfrey is one of the commentators. I was like, what is he doing there? <laughs> right? Who else were you just like, what are you doing there? So these two, I and I know they're in a bunch of movies, but I specifically remember them from The Office because one of them is Holly's boyfriend in The Office and the other one is the captain in the boat episode of The Office. And they're just these two white comedian actors. Rob Riggle and then Rob Hubel is AJ. So And they were commentating together. People know Rob Riggle more than the other guy. But they were commentating together. And I was like, what is happening here? Their commentary, too, is awesome. Yes. Elizabeth Pena. I was like, what is she doing there? Like, what? It's just so many, so many names. Like, it's wild. Off the top of my head, like people who have passed that made commentary, you had mentioned Gilbert Godfrey, George A. Romero. Oh, yes. Wes Craven. And honestly, I feel like Scream should have been higher. 
maybe that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, it was, what was it? It was number... Scream is 13. Yeah, I would have put it, I mean, Scream, iconic. Have you seen the top 10? Okay, so let's see. The Exorcist, The Shining, Dance of the Lambs, Night of the Living Dead. So not all of them, but the majority, I'd say, of this top 10. Have not seen Jaws or Alien. Actually, that's the only one I haven't. I'm going to go through the list of the top 10 because we could sit here talking about all of them. Number 10 is Wait Until Dark. Have you seen that one? No, I didn't even know about it. (laughs) So I've seen that one. Audrey Hepburn is a blind woman and these two men are trying to rob her. It's all in the dark. The lighting's very low. So you're kind of made to feel like what she's going through. Mm -hmm. Night of the Living Dead. Personally, I'd put it up higher. I love it. It's one of my top movies. Um, I love zombies. That's probably my favorite like horror subgenre. So I was like, yeah, this feels right right here. It's such a good one, dude. I was on a whole kick about I think that's what's really cool about horror movies. Like I hate when people are like, oh, they're so political now. They have always been political. Yes. Yeah. Like Val Luton, you know, was a big influence in that. And I feel like that helped that be known in the genre. And there are, you know, tons of other people who also like cared about that like message. But in Night of the Living Dead, like the fact that you have a black lead is so powerful. Oh my God. Yeah. Like unheard of for its time. Yes. 100%. And like the ending of that film is just a fucking punch to the gut, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all commentary. Well, even like Candyman, which is also somewhere on this list, when the new Candyman came out, all these people were like, oh, this is so political. And it's like, did you not watch the first one? Like, what are you talking about? And that's the thing, too, is like, I feel like people need to realize that horror, it's horrifying, right? So you're going to have scenarios that happen that show the ugliness of humanity. That is someone's horrible nightmare. We had Carrie. Which I also agree with. That's a good one. It is iconic. I mean, who could forget that prom scene where they're like there and just everything just drips down like silence of the lambs. Yes. Yes, I agree. That was. uh, Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get creepier than like something that could. I I mean, because I mean, obviously, serial killers exist in real life. And so. It's more real than, I don't know, even like, obviously, Night of the Living Dead, because like, zombies are not going to come out of nowhere and just attack you. <laughs> the fact that this very cultured man is talking about eating parts of my body with a nice Chianti, I'm like, I'm I'm good on that. <laughs> and he's so calm about it. And that's even more horrifying. It's so more sinister. Yeah, well, you know, I think Scooby-Doo was the best one to teach us that the monsters are actually those who walk among us. So true. So true. I have been watching a lot of (laughs) Scooby-Doo. I love Scooby-Doo. The Shining at number six. I honestly probably would have. I don't know. I guess like, again, watching it because I didn't watch it when it was newer. I watched it like very recently. And so watching it now, I'm like, there's better movies that I would have put there. But I have to put myself back and like, for its time, it makes sense. I relate to the aspect. I mean, you're totally right. That is true. But I think the thing that like really resonates with me is that a creative type you would think would be in the best aspect to create, right? Like you're away, you're just with your family, you've been having trouble writing, you can focus, but they're in this deeply, deeply uh, haunted house. True, true. So for me, I'm like, I could see that happening to me. So I think for me, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. This is the one that has the here's Johnny line, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Although I don't feel like Stanley Kubrick was the most stand-up guy. I mean, like, he really put his all into his films, and you can definitely tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have number five, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've only seen the one that came out in the 2000s. Which I believe is like a remake of, it's not like a newer, like they remade the old one, I think. Because there's the ones that just came out on like, was it Netflix? That I haven't seen, but there was one that came out, it was like 2007 or 8, something like that. Yeah. That's the one I've seen. Okay, I've seen those as well. I've only seen the first one in the older one because I think there's quite a few of those as well. Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those franchises that I'm like, yeah, I'm familiar. I know it's doing its thing. But Leatherface is not one of my favorite villains, you know, so I'm just kind of like, I'm good. Plus, I just see this being a reality somewhere in Texas. So, Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. I think it was 2003 that I saw then. I remember we, for some reason, my parents took all of us to go see it together as a family. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me now. (laughs) And this movie was so horrifying to me. I've never rewatched it. But I remember my brother was crying because he didn't want to finish seeing it. And then... We used him as an excuse to also leave uh, because we were scared, too. And I didn't want to, like, admit it. (laughs) But I remember being very horrified of Texas Chainsaw. (laughs) Listen, the idea of getting hacked apart with a chainsaw is not not good vibes. So (laughs) No, not at all. I do want to watch the new one, though. I've heard a lot of people say that they really enjoyed it. The 2020, what is it, 2022? Yes, I believe so. I believe that one of the people behind it is Latino. I was talking to someone about it and they were kind of telling me because it has to do with like gentrification and... Okay. Oh, yeah. The director says David Blue Garcia. So... Look at that. Latinos, we out there, we in there. Yes. Uh, The next one is Psycho. Thoughts? No, Psycho, I have not seen. Is this the one with Christian... Is it Christian Bale? No, that's uh, American Psychos. Whoops. Psycho. 1960. Okay. Psycho. It's a Hitchcock one. Oh, this is the one with Norman Bates. I see that name everywhere. And I'm like, listen, I don't know Norman Bates. <laughs> I I would recommend taking the dive into it at some point. I do like thrillers, though. And this is this is like a classic thriller, right? Yeah. 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 Are you like turned off by older movies? Yeah, I don't know about any of these, but I'm not opposed to watching them at all. I relate to that, though. I had to start seeking out stuff for myself because, I mean, like, my parents were both immigrants, you know? Yeah. Not that they didn't know because my mom actually really loves Alfred Hitchcock a lot, but it's less likely, you know what I mean? But that one, if anybody is wanting to go on an Alfred Hitchcock deep dive, like, consider this your sign. Ooh, Okay, The Exorcist at number three. I, because it traumatized me as a child, I would have put it at number one personally. <laughs> Are you even Latina? Are you even of Latino experience? Like, come on. Right, right. Um, I remember the older cousins were watching it during a party once. And I walked by because it kicked all of us younger cousins out. And I walked by and I saw the scene where her head was like spinning and I was, I don't know, like seven or eight at most. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I started crying like on the spot. (laughs) Then they had to be like, why is she even watching this? And they're like, we kicked them out of the room. Like, we didn't know she was there. Like, (laughs) It horrified me. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was older then. Um, 
once we were a little older, probably like 13, it was like our favorite pastime, me, my twin, and my mom. We just watched horror movies. And so The Exorcist was one of the ones that we watched all together again when we were older. And uh, I mean, classic. Uh, And then we went on like a possession movie, like binge and we watched like the possession of emily and like the taking of deborah long and or deborah something um all these other possession movies but like the exorcist honestly i think it makes sense there i think so too the top five i would say would have been good but it deserves the number three spot that one i watched really young too i was probably around six or something i feel like my subconscious for the longest time is like don't be a bad kid and don't be a terrible person because you will get possessed uh yes (laughs) This is divine timing that has allowed me to go on this whole thing because the events that inspired that movie and William Blatty's book happened in St. Louis, which is where I'm from. Oh, yeah, yeah. The thing that they keep perpetrating is that Roald Doe, like, was playing with a Ouija board. And yes, his aunt was like a spiritualist and did things like that. But there is no documentation that he ever played with this Ouija board. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember because um, I listened to you wrong about and Sarah Marshall was really, I think she brings up The Exorcist any chance she gets, which I love. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And I think they did some episodes on not The Exorcist per se, but um, the Satanic Panic in which they talk about The Exorcist. And she mentions that because I didn't know that before either. But she says that there was never a Ouija board involved in the actual case. And they added it onto the movie uh, to make it more like to send the message that um, the occult is evil. Yeah. Yeah. Catholicism is the way. Christianity is the way. Everything else is evil. And you will be possessed. (laughs) I'm going to release it because it was behind my paywall. Troy Taylor, who wrote a book about um the st louis exorcism called uh the devil came to st louis oh he got to interview all of the key players of the case really the kid has now since passed oh he worked for nasa dude like you know really? what I mean? oh my god this is to say like st louis is a small town and people talk i really commend troy taylor to for speaking with everyone and getting like accounts that's amazing yeah. And you know, so many people because I love possession stories and I will look for them, but I always make sure to mention like, listen, I there's really nothing tying Ouija boards to like, especially the exorcist. Like, yeah, people tell stories, but like this was a toy at first. Like, I don't think I personally would not use one because I'm like a little I'm just a scaredy cat and just the possibility of someone saying I used one and something happened. I just would not do it. But I make sure to always mention like historically the tie wasn't there until this movie came out yes the reason that they became so popular is because it was like an activity that boys and girls could do together yes yeah and it's the only way they could like hold hands yeah yeah yep. so, like you know if you were courting someone it's like oh we're gonna play with this board and spiritualism you know wasn't as scary as it is now okay alien that's one i have not seen actually i've seen aliens but not alien which doesn't make any sense. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. I've seen Terminator 2 the most, and I've only seen Terminator 1 a few times. So <laughs> we'll circle back to that. But Jaws. Jaws being a number one. I I was surprised, yeah. Because to me, it wasn't scary. Uh, but I think, I think I just know too much about sharks, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> For it to be scary? I don't know. Because, yeah, the ocean, the ocean is scary, but there's 
scarier movies to me, even on this list. The one thing, like, yes, the ocean is scary, but I really feel like sharks need to have like a redemption tour because they're not typically as violent as dolphins. Yeah, dolphins are evil. Well, I was just like, it's a proof that pretty privilege exists. <laughs> I don't know. I might now, based on this, redo the list and like what my hundred would be. Here's my hundred. Yeah. But also, there's just so many more movies now than when this came out. Christina, thank you so much. Like, this has been such a great conversation. I'm always down to talk horror movies. I love talking about movies. And because I don't have a horror movie podcast, I never do. And that's why I listen to so many horror movie podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing, too. It's like horror movies, I think, are what got me into being kind of like the person that I am. Same. Like, I resonate with this. I love scary stuff. I love things that, like, make me kind of think about like you know life differently i always feel like i when someone comes at me with some stupid shit like oh when did these movies get political i'm like you're not very smart you have never been paying attention if you're asking yourself that question <laughs> very much so please remind everyone where they can find you follow you support you uh yes a spooky tales on uh twitter instagram tiktok um, if you like history, then uh, Historias Unknown is my other podcast. Uh, and then if you like soap operas and the ridiculousness that comes with them, then my twin and I are rewatching Teresa and recapping every episode. So that one is Novelas con Cafecito. <laughs> Ooh, yes. And I will have all the links to all of your podcasts in the show notes for everyone to check out. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so much fun. I just uh, thank you for inviting me on and, and sending me this link because I never watched this one. And I'm just it was amazing. Good. You know, it's whenever I have nothing to watch because we were talking about this on your podcast. You watch The Office. I watch Gilmore Girls. When I've burnt out on Gilmore Girls, this is the one that I'll just have in the background because I love it. <laughs> so comforting. <laughs> So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please go and follow Christina. All the ways that you can support A Spooky Tales are in the show notes. And I also wanted to, after the cast, Christina and I were talking and we came up with our top 10. Because to come up with our top 100 would probably take a really, really long time. So I'm going to start with Christina's and then I'll share mine. So Christina's top 10 horror movies would be The Exorcist, Dawn of the Dead, Train to Busan, Wreck, but as in like an abbreviation for record, Scream, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, The Grudge, and Nope. Respectable list. And here is mine. And I have two runners up because it was a hard choice. The Exorcist, Get Out, Insidious, The Conjuring, Scream, Night of the Living Dead, Paranormal Activity, Halloween, The Blair Witch Project, Child's Play, and then the first runner-up is Us, and the second runner-up is The Others. And I want to say that a lot of these where it's like a whole franchise, I include the whole franchise. Because honestly, if I really had to say, I prefer The Bride of Chucky to Child's Play, but we would not have gotten Bride of Chucky if it was not for Child's Play. So thank you for listening. This was such a good episode. And thank you again, Christina, for coming up with that list. Please go and support Christina and Spooky Tales. Thank you for listening to Tutia Bruja and looking forward for when we meet again. Have a good one. Bye. Mm-hmm.